Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. You, you have to you have to give it to him, don't you? you? You just you have to rub it in. The sales gonna do it. Pussies nickel. How oh, I am, Aries, aka Cornbread Spears, Andy Steinberg. You ain't gonna give yourself a southern nickname. Nah. A southern. You don't want to be Andy's Chitlins Steinberg mm. or or. Andy Hoghead Cheese. Brisket. Andy Brisket Steinberg <laughs> and Aries Cornbread Spears. What's up, Sayot? <gasps> oh, boy. You know what? Let's start off nice but hard. Um, let's start off nice but hard. You know what I mean? It's like uh, mean dick that ain't going to thrust with too much passion at first. I'm not going to try to bust your blood box open yet. Uh, I want to read the sensitive ass moisture that I have gotten uh, from some people who are at my show. Um, Here in Memphis. Memphis. Uh, so let's dive right in. Um, this is from, well, first, let me read the other dudes first. This is from Grant Rutherford. Uh Young white guy with his white girlfriend. Not that race should matter, but might it might. Because um, this is really about a sensitivity thing, not a race thing. But based on my response, fuck it, I made it racial. Fuck that. He goes, this man is not a good comedian. He's not in the business of comedy. He's just trying to pick up chicks. My girlfriend was sitting near the front, and he kept making inappropriate remarks towards her asked her asked how her head game was and said if she was his neighbor he'd come over to jack off in her in front of her you sir are disgusting 
I had to help her through panic attacks all night because of you. To which Aries Cornbread Spears replied, Sir, that wasn't panic attacks. That bitch was in heat. This is the racial component. She saw a big, black, girthy, veiny dick that looked like Yafit Koto naked being jacked off. And she was losing it. She was losing it. Um, Sir, you probably, this is a sign you need to jack off in front of your girl. Because apparently you're not doing something that she badly needs. There's fire under that dress. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Son of a woman. You hear that? That's fire under that dress. Um, people, I don't understand y'all's level of sensitivity. It is 2019. Fuck all that moisture, political correctness. This is comedy. This is the last stand. This is the fucking last hoorah, nigga, where, we are, where you are supposed to enjoy freedom of goddamn speech. And if you don't know the rules right by now, stay your monkey ass at the fucking club. Oh, well, and and he misquoted the, what you said because it's in a joke. First of all, it's in a joke yes. form. Yes. And not like I fucking, after the show, walked up to this bitch and pulled a Louis C.K. I was at work. And you, and actually the statement is, I wish I was your neighbor. Not, I want to know where you live so I can come over and jack, jack off. off. Right, right. Like, wouldn't that be shit? The show is over. It's three in the morning. <laughs> it's him. Zip. Get the fuck out of here, man. I was at work. I was telling a joke. Uh, he was very sensitive. Uh, she was obviously very sensitive. I, I don't know if there was a racial component or not. Maybe because a big black dude on stage was. That was that's why I'm saying it's not yeah. a race thing because they, they could have easily been offended if no matter what color they wore. I, I just put the race component in it because I just think she visioned and these people are lily white. I mean, I'm, you know, these are these you see that I can't even remember what this girl looked like, but I'm looking at his picture and this motherfucker is white. But, you know, maybe it feeds into that that psychosis that that, you know, threatening big nigga jerking off big black dick. But they were also one of probably six white people in a room. Full of Negroes. So they were. Well, white people, they never been scared to be. Ah, uh, that's not true. That's why. This, well, no, they like to infiltrate our shit to see if there's a uh, meeting. That's why they call it urban rooms, which means white people afraid to go well, to this who, room. Who, well, got, who gave up? Come on, man. Some white dude. Yeah, some white dude put that label on there. Urban rooms. Yeah. Niggas don't call it urban room. Well, we called it the Chitlin Circuit. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, sir! 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 Tighten up, nigga. You you need to tighten up because right now and then he used the word inappropriate as Patrice said on elephant in a room inappropriate is a vaginal word <laughs> no man should say inappropriate sir pull your cock from it out from in between your thighs you got your dick and your balls tucked in your thighs both of y'all got vaginas and yours is probably wetter than hers toughen up nigga it's called comedy listen folks if you pay for courtside seats you're gonna be part of the game. I said this before, you know, you sit up front at a comedy show, you better be prepared to get Gallagher. You know what I mean? Shit's flying at you. <laughs> you ain't ready. Don't, you ain't brought your raincoat, nigga. You're going to smell like watermelon juice. Do you, plan. do you think Gallagher could get sued today if he smashed something on stage? Something? Absolutely. And, and they were allergic to it and they had to be rushed to the hospital? Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I wanted to ask this question. And before I do, let me bleed into the next one. So this lady hits me. And she goes, 
and, and this is her response into what Grant said. Sexual harassment is sexual harassment. Doesn't matter what profession it is. I support you because you mad funny, but now is not the time to say it was a joke, especially if you directed your remarks straight to this woman. Apologize and learn from it and begin asking for slight consent. First, like, hey, miss, you in the front. Can I ask you a personal question before making your sexually advanced comment so you don't have to deal with this again? You fucked up by being inconsiderate and a tad bit creepy. Man up and face your wrongdoings and continue forth on your path to being a better co- comedian. Ma'am, suck all of my dick. Um, I mean, from the tip to the inside of the hips. I mean, all of it. Pull a python. I, get the fuck out of here. The day we as comedians go, excuse me, crowd, may I? We're done. It's over. It's fucking over. The thrill is gone. BB Kings. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. Away. It's over. If you're unsure about the show that you're going to, you fucking Google's on. Google someone. Google the comic right. you're going to go see. See what kind of comedy they do. And if you don't like that kind of comedy, don't go. Here was my question, uh, and this is back to Louis C.K., and this is a real question because I thought about this when I was on the toilet, and I was like, oh, my God, that's actually. If a comedian on stage is given a performance and part of his joke, the punchline of his joke was to actually pull out his dick and show it, could he get arrested? Yeah. But how is that any different from going to a movie and seeing a scene where a guy shows his dick? Shouldn't the actor then be arrested? It's part of a show. Well, I don't know. Maybe by that same logic that the lady called you, they should have an announcement before the show. There is a, a dick that's going to be presented to you. But then you give it away to punchline. Yeah. So then that that serves no purpose. I'm just saying. No, I mean, I mean, but, but first let me ask you, why could you get arrested if you showed your dick? Oh, because you, that's public uh, nudity and you can't. And it's seen as obscene. Yeah. Like if you, like if you took a piss, like right. if you went off to the side of the building right. and you took a piss and the cop saw you taking the piss. You get a ticket for uh, public indecency. But again, me pulling my dick out during a show is part of a show. It's a performance. When how come the guys? How come you can't go? Hey, I'm going to go arrest whoever this actor was in this movie that showed his dick in the scene. You know what I'm saying? It's a show because that that isn't live. It's not. It's not. It's so not you can see dick as long as it's not live. Yeah. So you could do live it. dick is wrong. You but could. You screen could, dick is you okay. Could, you could drop a recording. You could drop a screen down and then have you have you come out. You could say and, and then take that thing and and have you come out in the recording and you could drop your pants in the recording and you could point like to on it. a screen. Yeah, and you could point to it and you could probably get away with that because that's not that's not your. But they're still looking at the same thing. But in, 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 one on screen versus three D. One uh, one can touch you and the other one can't. Yeah, but if you ain't touching nobody, where's the harm and the foul? It, you, you can't do it because. Um, uh, I get what you say. I'm yeah. not trying to fight no, you. No, I know. I'm I just, just trying I, to understand I, I, the logic. That that's that's the logic. That one. What you well, you see in one on screen, but and you see in one in real life. But the one on screen isn't threatening because it's in a screen. If I don't, if I don't point it at you or or try you to, don't, I don't smack my meat on you. I don't know what you're going to do. How's that a threat? Because I don't know what you're going to do with your dick when you take it out on stage. So if I just took my dick out and I stood as far back from the crowd as possible, no. and it's not in any threatening position, no. Now, but here's where here's the catch, though. If you put a dildo. Or like a you know just a fake dick in your pants. That's okay. And you pulled that out, right? You would be okay, even 
if the crowd didn't know. But if the police came to arrest you, you'd go, no, nah, man, I didn't pull out my dick. So uh, fake dick, cool, real dick, not. Uh-huh. Folks, we got to change the rules about being able to pull your dick out. No, I don't think anybody wants to change that rule. I think people like the dick behind some gabardine. What's gabardine? Pants, material, fabric. Holy shit, that's a good word. I never, gabardine. Gabardine. It's like a denim? Yeah, gabardine's material. It's a, it's a, it's a way it's that, the material. It's the way it's uh, weaved. Gabardine fabric. Now, what if you pulled your dick out and it was soft, but it was near somebody's temple, but then it wasn't touching them, but then you got an erection and upon growth, <laughs> it crazed them. It grazed them? <laughs> just grazed them, only because of growth. <laughs> oh, man, people, y'all got to tighten up, man. Really, this shit. Y'all are taking the joy away. You are taking the kid's birthday cake before they get the cake. Y'all are stealing the fucking child balloons and the ice cream. Come on, what are we doing, people? What are we doing? Dude, but they already did steal the birthday cake. You know, like... Like at, at my at my son's school, they had it when my, we went wanted to bring when he was a little younger. We wanted to bring some uh, cupcakes in, right? And we we were going to bake some cupcakes, but we couldn't bake homemade cupcakes. They had to come from a store. They had to be bought. They had to say what the ingredients were, and they weren't allowed to have any peanut peanuts in them or uh, yeah, just peanuts. I think was the only thing that wasn't allowed to bring to the school. So they've taken away all the birthday cake anyway. It's already gone. This is it. Comedy, walking into a comedy room and hearing someone's inner thoughts on stage is it. And if they take this away, it's done. We, we, well, then let's turn into communist Russia. Because at this point, it feels like this is what's happening. And wouldn't it be something, and I'm going to tie this together. I don't give a fuck if you think it's a stretch. How crazy is it that all of this extra sensitivity slash feeling like we're heading into communism is happening under Trump's watch? The it's, dictator it, 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 has, has set the tone. I'm not going to let this go on Trump because no, no, it started, I, I, it started I, I, before I that. I don't want to get you. I don't want to get. No, well, it didn't start completely before that. It no. might have had its toe in the door, but this shit has been kicked wide open now. Yeah, because he, he because as you said, he's the toe. I mean, he's the thing that everybody's well, no, afraid of. Trump's he's the fucking whole no, foot. foot. He's the thing that everybody's, that everything just. So you're saying you think because of him, people are going, we got to tone it down. We're, they're more sensitive towards it. He's the. He, oh, he's, he's the lightning rod. He's the snowball that's coming down the hill. Okay. The avalanche. Yeah. Right. Um, we're here in my favorite place, Memphis South. <laughs> I just love when you. When he, yeah, I wish people could see your face. We're gonna have to eventually do the the video podcast because this is. And let me say, come on, man! I, I know I talk shit, and to all the Southerners, I, I don't want you to think that I really. It's not a hate thing. Like, I don't hate you. I, I, I I'm not trying to shit on you or disrespect you because I I've, I've I felt like I'm, my life has been threatened. I have to have security here. A couple dudes on Instagram hit me. It was like, "Hey, playboy, you fuck around, playboy. Talk about me, my city." Uh, now yeah, fuck old nigga ass boy, and I said, uh, you know, he said we don't get down like that, nigga. See you, we gonna see you, sir. We gonna see you, nigga. And I said, uh, well, dude, if something happened to me, now the police know who to come talk to, because you put your threats on paper. So, and it ain't about. And then he hit me back, and he goes, Oh yeah, I forgot about you. You that New York nigga that when nigga put their hand on you, you press charges. Yes, motherfucker, because I'm trying not to end up in a pine box or behind bars. 
I'm fucking 43. Ain't about being a badass. It's about being smart. So, uh, and the irony in that is, well, if you were smart, you wouldn't say what you say. I'm a comedian, nigga. This is what I does. Um, so yeah, I got I got some security with me, watching my back because, you know, I'm hoping and with my fingers crossed, don't nobody try to put touch touch the kid. But uh, niggas is angry, man. Niggas is dude. But you you touch people. Oh, speaking of which, this all helps us here too. We're thinking about changing the name of the podcast. Not completely. It's still Spears and Steinberg, but maybe AKA the Jew and the Jerk. And if this catches fire. We might eventually do the name change because I some about the Jew and the jerk, the neurotic Jew. And clearly, I'm a taint hole. <laughs> uh, we should just hashtag it Jew and the jerk and see if, we, if, it, if, if it catches on. on. Yeah, I think that's a great T-shirt, the Jew and the jerk. jerk. Yeah, it is. So, you know, these might also be the humble beginnings to the growth of our business. But anyway, so South, I'm not trying to shit on you guys. I'm really not. Um I'm trying to figure out how do I tiptoe around this. There's just cultural differences uh, and intelligence issues. No, there's just cultural differences that we have that it's hard for me to adapt to because I'm such a, a fast-paced city dude. Um, and, you know, certain shit that you just can't ignore. So when you point these things out, you guys get upset. And listen, um, you guys got to get out of this shit about your city. You niggas be killing me with this. And I know I mentioned this on the podcast. Why do y'all have this undying loyalty to a place that you don't own? You, you don't you don't get anything from it. If you want to talk about some shit and defend some shit, say your house. I could understand you going, hey, nigga, my, my house. You know, you got memories in your house. You play with your kids in your house. You celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. You make love to your wife or your girlfriend. You, you kick your shoes and your socks off and you relax and you eat and you bathe. You got a life in your house that means something to you. But the city, the actual city, you niggas be ready to kill and die over this shit. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand either. I, I, when I, all I wanted to do was move and see different places, see the world. And I think that's what that comes from is y'all motherfuckers don't understand. Like y'all gotta y'all gotta pack a bag and you know get on a flight or get on a train or if you got the bicycle that motherfucker, go somewhere. It's more than just your city. And I love when you niggas say that, like y'all really have control over the city in ways other people don't. Like don't sit there and tell me, hey man, anything you need, playboy, this is my city. Nigga, if it's your city, take me to go f- get some Jordans or some Tim Boots at the Foot Locker at three in the morning. Show me you got the key to open up the mall and open up the sneaker shop and let me buy some shit at three in the morning. Then it's your city, nigga. If you can do that, hey, playboy, you want them Jordans? Come on, nigga, I'm about to go to Foot Locker. Nigga, it's 3.30 in the morning. Come on, nigga, this is my city. Then it's your city. Until then, this is the mayor's city. This is the governor's city. Knock it off. I like how the dude who called you out about this city, though, he doesn't even live here. No, he's from Arkansas or yeah. Arkansas or somewhere. Yeah, he, he he called you out because of memories. I got another nigga that hit me and basically said the same thing. He was like, "You know, uh, you be calling us slow, but yet you here getting our money." Well, you know, when you can take candy from a baby, give me a shit. <laughs> but if you're not slow, I'm, we're not talking about you, right? And, and I mean more of a mentality, not not necessarily 
the people, all the people. I'm just talking about the mentality. Of certain people, not everyone, not you specifically, unless you fall under that category. Then. One dude, one dude, one dude wrote me and go, he goes, We are not slow in Memphis, Tennessee. I repeat, we are you not slow at all in the city of Memphis. Rewind. We are not slow in Memphis, Tennessee. I repeat, we are you not slow. Exactly. And seen. And then when I said to him, hey, homeboy, do me a favor. Reread what you wrote. And then, because uh, you just proved my point. And then he hit me back. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, yeah, I, ain't nothing wrong with what I said. I said, let me try this again. Reread what you wrote, but this time slowly. And let me know when you get it. And he changed it. Check and fucking mate. But I still like Memphis. I don't necessarily. <sighs> Look, I love Lou's chicken. Oh, we got we got we got to talk about Lou's. Oh yeah, yeah, we going yeah we gonna dive into Lou's chicken. We gonna dive into Lou's chicken, and then tomorrow we're going to go see Graceland. I'm gonna go visit Elvis Place. Um, I want to try to go buy stacks, which is supposed to okay, be. Okay, but maybe we could throw in stacks too. We went to the Lorraine Motel and saw the Civil Rights Museum and the Dr. King thing, which was a fucking amazing experience. Um, like, I guess the saying goes, nice place to visit, just wouldn't want to live here. Dude, their downtown looks great. The 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 re, like Everything that's being redone here, I think the buildings are, are uh, historically beautiful. I mean, the, the, it's just you get that, that look. That they, they they restored the, they restored the place. They didn't just knock down things. I think keeping right. uh, uh, the city is, is nice because you get to see uh, the history of the place. Right. Uh, not all the history is good here, and they kept some of that history, which I think is important because you need to know exactly where your country your country has been has been, so that you don't go back. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that, and I think this they've done a good job out here. Uncle Lou, dang it. Hey, how y'all doing, man? Get on, get that, uh, that, 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 with the doobies out. Hook them boys up with the doobies in the hot, in the mouth. Uh, and pour me a glass of hot grease. <laughs> Thirsty. <laughs> I love Lou. He sounds like that motherfucker's been drinking fish grease his whole life. Um, Dinah's Drive-Ins and Dives, one of my spots. I'm a Negro, so I love fried chicken. And they dip theirs in that hot sauce, which is fucking fantastic. But at one point, a couple of the cooks, uh, and, and again, this is this is this is this is what I'm saying <clears throat> about a mentality, about a culture. Um, and I'm not fooling myself. I'm sure in the ghettos of New York and some East Coast places, it's fucked up too. But I think you are more prone to see some of this here. All right. A couple of the cooks that worked at Lou's, it's like, y'all motherfuckers don't have a standard. Like, in terms of how they put the, 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 the they grade the restaurants. You yeah. see those uh-huh. with the A, and they tell you there's a board of health that lets you know, should you be eating here or should you not? And, like, the cooks, these niggas look like they just finished doing me- mechanical work on a Ford. Under the car. Under the car. I mean, Jeans and t-shirts is dirty, long fingernails that don't know what a manicure is, couple missing teeth, and these are people cooking your food, man. I don't fault the missing teeth, but the fingernails. I, I do. Dude, you can't do something if your, your teeth fall out? 
No, it's called going to the dentist. It's called preventive measures. Maybe maybe that's not why their teeth are missing. Why do you think it is? Because they were working underneath the truck and some shit, like a tool fell. <laughs> and knocked that shit out. Shit out to do that. Right, uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, and this is why I'm saying, please do not take offense to this. But I think that in the South, there is a mentality and a slowness. And when I say slow, I'm not necessarily talking about dumb. I just mean it's a slower way of life. It's relaxed, a, relaxed. It's a it's a a certain way of thinking. Like motherfuckers ain't ain't in a hurry. They ain't motherfuckers like I'm gonna go to the dentist, but nah, I ain't in no rush. <laughs> I'm gonna get there when I get there. Uh, it just and and I and I hate to even use that slave thing because it's 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 so ouch. But again, I believe I believe this. I believe this. I believed it because of slavery. And I and I'm, I'm you know I blame white people a little bit because of slavery. It has been so embedded in our culture, the poverty which put the, the the poverty conditions that black people were set in because of slavery and how we started off uh, in this race. Uh, and now look, it's 2019. We can win the race now. We are winning the race at times, but we didn't get off to the same start. And because of slavery and because of poverty and the fucked up economic conditions, uh, that comes with a mentality. It comes with a behavior. And I just think that because of the conditions, it's just been deeply rooted in, into our culture. And it's something that has been passed on from generation to generation. And there are some black people who obviously have broken that cycle. And then I think there are still a lot of us who have not. And because that cycle has not been broken, like anything else, like with racism, unless you break the racism, unless you break the cycle. And a lot of white people culturally who have had deep ties to racism, be it they great, 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 super great, great, great granddaddies was part of the clan or was skinhead. Does it automatically mean as the generations keep going, you will be. But it can be if the cycle is not broken. And that's what I'm saying. From slavery all the way up into today, up until today, there has been a, a a cycle that has been embedded in the psyche and in the culture of our people. And unless that gets broken, it gets handed down, and it's a mentality and it's a behavior. And I think that because slavery was so deep in the South and not necessarily up north, this is why this is. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's but that is why uh, you have to move out or experience other places. So when you grow up years and years and years right. in a poverty situation, that becomes normalized to you. Right. When you get out and you see something different, it changes you in your outlook. Right. But the, and then that's where the culture thing starts because then it becomes a culture living in in a in a society that isn't as grown. Right. I, you know, uh, again, um, and the food is spectacular at Lou's. Um, I, you know, I just I just I just go. And again, I, I'm not saying it's strictly Southern. I, again, I've been to some ghetto food spots in New York and New Jersey. And yeah, it, it's, it's susceptible to the same shit. But um, I don't I don't even know that I would consider Lou's a, a hood spot. Or a ghetto spot, 
but based on what you told me you saw, <laughs> those are uh, ghetto hood ingredients. Well, okay, so I lose last year when we were here. For the first time. Yeah, and it was great, and Lou was nice. I wear, yeah. I wear my... Uh, Lose t-shirt, t-shirt back back at home, and uh, everybody's cool, and I like, and the food's good. I mean, the the crisp that he puts on that chicken skin, yeah, it stays on it. It's, yeah, it's amazing, and and then you got the spice, you got the hot sauce on it. So I came in, I ordered uh, I ordered four wings and and a side, and uh-huh. uh, you ordered. I forgot what you ordered. I ordered a two piece breast leg uh, and a side, and so you sat down, I sat down, and I'm facing uh, the order window. And you uh, you have your back to it, and that order window uh, is also where all the menus are, like the big menus that say what the specials are. Right. And we're eating, and I got three. I ate three and a half wings. Right. And and my biscuit, and I was starting to slow down, and that's when out of I was looking at you. Uh oh. And as I'm staring at you, I see a, I see this bug start creeping out from behind one of the signs and sort right. of walking up the wall. Now, I'm not going to say Lou has roaches. That's not what I'm saying. Let me ask you before you continue. Did it look like a roach? I'm saying Lou might have bugs that are related to or family of roaches. Right. So it started walking up the so, wall. So you don't want to say it was a roach, but it looked like the distant cousin of a roach. At, at least the distant cousin. Very, or maybe, maybe like maybe two first cousins got married and had this thing, right? And that's why it looked like very similar, right? Uh, so it's walking up the wall, and so I just I was done. Uh, I just figured that last piece can stay in my plate, and then I looked at you, and then I thought about that Eddie Murphy bit right. where he's talking about uh, the grandma. Um, uh, Is it Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor? Oh, Richard Pryor. Sorry, Richard Pryor. Where Richard Pryor says that. Uh, some, I don't know if it was a great grunt, whatever. She made the uh, salad and had raisins in it. Right. And then some of the raisins were starting to move. Right. And, and then uh, Richard didn't want to eat them. And he said, and his grandma said, Oh, no, baby. Uh, everybody ate roaches. You're going to eat roaches too. <laughs> so uh, I didn't say shit to you. And I let you finish your meal and enjoy it. So you let me crunch into some shit that might not have been <laughs> chicken crunch. It's crunchy, right? Oh, damn. Here's the thing. If you would have told me this before we went in to lose, like, yo, last year when we went there, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba, I don't know that I would have not gone back. No. Because, A, and this is where, dude, celebrity plays a part. The same shit, like, I don't want to get too off track, but like with R. Kelly, and I said this at a radio station, um, people are so enamored with celebrity that if R. Kelly dropped another gem tomorrow, something gets you moving and shaking and grooving, people would almost dismiss his behavior because they're that enamored with celebrity. And because he cranks out fucking great music, what underage girls he be fucking? People get amnesia. Um, And you better believe there's some diehard Chicagoans who love R. Kelly who are ignoring that. But let me not get off track. I'm saying that to say... Because it's Lou's, because it's was featured on one of my favorite shows, Triple D, the place is famous. So maybe in its famousness, I would have went, yeah, the fucking, what are you going to do? I'd have pulled an Italian. The fuck, what are you going to do? Uh, and I still might have ate there because the food is A, delicious. B, it's famous. 
had that been any other place and you told me that? Change of venue. Well, the thing is, I worked in the restaurant business for a long time. And it can happen. I'm not saying he had, that those are there all the time. Oh, just as long as they come during the winter months. Well, they, they're seasonal roaches. They do look for warmth during the winter. Right. Uh, they can come up. And we live amongst this. This lives in our... Anyone listening to this right now and says that you don't have these, you have drains underneath your house. You have uh, sewer lines. You have... Uh, you have... Just because you don't see them on the top doesn't mean they're not living under your house. Just because you you go through your grass in your backyard, you have bugs. We all live with it. We, we are on the same planet with these bugs. Now, we don't want them in our food. And if he keeps his food done the right way they don't get it doesn't get in your food well if the staff's teeth is missing <laughs> chances are there's some roaches that have lodging i'm not gonna lock, knock loose but i was told gus's it's <laughs> some good fried hey, chicken you know I, we joked about it like what if lou was talking to you hey man welcome back man hey whatever you want hey get, hook them up with the potato salad and the two-piece and while he was talking a roach crawled out of his mouth <laughs> And he just grabbed it. He always said, Lou, you got a roach on your mouth. Oh, shit, that ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, get that boy uh, to put the, the two-piece and put some roaches in it. <laughs> oh, God. That's that's from Men in Black, though. That uh, Remember the roach guy? He he steals, uh, he steals his skin, and he and he's roaches. Uh, are, which Men in Black? One, two, or three? It's one. It's one. It's oh, one shit, of the, I got to go, yeah. go watch it again. Yeah, that may be a movie that we need to talk about again. Cause yeah, because I think something we're going to start doing is having uh, at least once a week a movie review. Where we we he and I agree. Look, between now and the next podcast, we're going to watch this movie or rewatch this movie, and we're going to talk about it. Old school movies, though, not the new movies. You maybe, guys, maybe new. No, man, I don't know if I want to do a new movie. When you say new, what do you mean? Like go to the theater? Yeah, Aquaman. I don't want to review Aquaman. Nah, it could be old. I, I want people to. Bring, I want it, but I want it's to, old once it hits. Yeah, downloadable. I'm no, no, but I want to talk about movies we saw, maybe like as kids or stuff. Okay, now we could start out like so, that. So that when we go to a comedy club and maybe they saw a movie that we saw. Right. They might be catch a reference or two. Okay. Right. Um, let's dive ahead. Uh, big shout out to Uncle Lou's when you. Uh, oh, that was from the sternum, nigga. Now I got uh, Belch and Poot on this mic. That was from uh, Jets delivery, fast food pizza delivery. Yes. Is what that was. Jets here and in Memphis. Pepsi. Um. Yeah, if you come to Memphis, man, go see Lou's, man. It's really good. Um, it is really good. And I hate even to share that story because Lou is cool and the food is good. Just but sometimes shit happens. Listen, if your potato salad looks like it's dancing. Uh, see Lou. He'll take care of it. Work, yeah, he'll take care of it. Now, I'm going to put my finger in there and scoop that motherfucker out of there. Hey, put this roach in the fish grease. You know what I mean? Work with it, baby. Um, dude, I and I know how you feel about not watching other comedian specials and shit and i've been i've been since i'm still at my brother's house captive because my house is being taken uh i was catching up on some netflix comedies and i'm not even big on jim jeffries but i watched it because i know he's a sort of a big deal and i watched it and um i gotta say man uh cherry out governor uh, he's fucking good, man. I, Jim, take, I tip my hat to him. I think Jim Jeffries is great. I always like Jim, uh, right. and I've had some run-ins with Jim over the, over the over the years of my right. young comedy life. And from what you've told me, he's a swell dude. Dude, right? he was so cool to me. He's always been cool to me, and uh, in the minimum time that we've had together, I, he's always made me laugh too. Man, right. he's always has always been a really cool dude. Right. So, well, he he did two he did two bits 
um, that just stuck out in my mind. And I, and I guess I didn't see the special where he did the gun control, which is the one that made him who he was. Yeah, it but, brought, got him that notoriety. But the one I saw, he did this bit, because you do a bit about uh, dead babies. A dead baby. A, a, dead, a dead baby. And and this is not, you know, there are comedians that do this dark shit. I remember uh, I read on here something about, while people were sticking up for me talking about uh, people being too insensitive, and somebody mentioned Anthony Jusseldeck. Now, I've never seen a stand-up, but apparently he does a bit about dead babies. So that's one of the things that, it, if you had a list of taboo things to talk about, it's tough to talk about, rape, abortion, a.k.a. dead babies, uh, race, the N-word. Um, but you do a bit about a dead baby. And he went on to tell the story about how he did a bit that was about religion. But I, I, I hope I can word this right. He goes, you know, some babies, you know, they die, uh, get to get into heaven, and some don't because God's a swell guy. And first of all, I'm I'm still wanting to wipe off my bucket list being able to create a phenomenal genius joke about religion. That's the other one that's taboo. Religion, race, a.k.a. the N-word, abortion, dead babies, all that shit. Right. Forgot rape. Rape and rape. These are the, the tough ones. Uh, and, and people have done jokes about all of them. Um, and just, just, just before you go on, and the reason we do jokes about them isn't because we're trying to be funny and think rape is funny or abortion's funny. It's because we're trying to shine light and make it funny so people that have experienced these horrible things in their life have a place to go when it's bad to laugh at. And if you can laugh at it, even for a second, it helps. I, with the way you worded that, I, I just think you stepped into a landmine. You do? Because I just hear women going, rape is never funny. Abortion is never funny. Certain things are never funny. And that's untrue. If That's untrue. They are funny. Whether or not they're ever funny to you, and I'm not trying to downplay someone's trauma. Right. You know what I'm saying? But this is why they say this shit is subjective. Even the people that go, oh, that's fucked up. We know it's fucked up. But to sit here and act like because it's fucked up, it's never funny is is insane. But that's our goal is to try to make something horrible funny, right. I think. I, I, Whether or not you succeed. Succeed, that's the hard sub, part. That's the subjective part. Right. And, 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 and that's the other part, too. When you don't succeed, that means whatever pain level that other person felt, your funny wasn't funny enough to get them past it. You know, I, I often think about and then I'm going to get back on Jim Jeffries. When I see people in the most fucked up conditions, and I, there's this one dude who comes to my show faithfully in Ontario. He's in a wheelchair. And I'm not talking about a wheelchair type person where, yeah, their legs don't work, they can't walk, but they use their arms to wheel themselves. And yeah. from the waist up, they're great. I'm talking about one of those people that, I don't know how you describe them. Quadriplegic that don't have any use? Are you talking about damn there? Like they yeah. barely can talk and they breathe Their bodies the contorted. Different. Yeah, that, that's right. quadriplegic. Right. right. Yeah. But this motherfucker comes to my show faithfully and always asks for a picture and autograph and I never deny him. Um, but I say to myself, God damn, dog, if that was me, especially if you were not that before that, you know, and I hate to use the word normal. But if you just weren't that, you were, you know, as we are now. You had 100% access to all your abilities. Right. Then to go from that to that, I go, how could you ever laugh again? 
well, how could you possibly laugh again? But if you're in that situation, it's what you need. It's not only what you need, but you do. At yeah, some, some point, point you do. Yeah. And you move on. And, and because I'm not that, my mind goes, I can't see it. But apparently, if it's happening, that means it happens. Right. So going back to Jim Jeffries, um, his joke was about religion. But he started kicking dead babies, miming kicking dead babies into the air. And I'm going to be real with you. I started dying. And this lady stands up and he goes, he, she, he goes, this lady stands up and she goes, you bastard, you bastard. And the crowd goes to a screeching halt. And he, that's when he says, ma'am, this joke is about religion and not about dead babies. And she walks off. Her husband stands up. He's kind of silent, grabs her purse. And then her husband goes on to tell the story about how she had a miscarriage. And it was recent. She was a week away from giving birth to their first son prior to his show. And she had a miscarriage. Um, Don't give away the whole joke, though. Well, spoiler alert, niggas. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm making a point here. Okay. Um, so if you haven't seen it, and this is a spoiler alert. And, and he's paraphrasing, so you're not going to get the joke joke. Yeah, I'm basically giving you the whole thing. <laughs> um the husband explains himself and then leaves. And of course, the crowd is already on fucking serious, holy shit, uncomfortable. Uh, and then some other guy stands up and goes, yeah, but she was fucking hot. Now, this is where I hand the Balls of Steel award to Jim Jeffries. Because I think even if I would have thought this, I wouldn't have said it. He goes to, he goes, well... Yeah, you really don't get to keep the weight. You don't. You, you, if you don't take it to full term, if it doesn't go to full term, you don't really gain the weight. And that's when he said the bottles started being hurled at him. Oh boy! And there have been times when I've said things, and the minute I said it, I went, "Oh shit! I wish I could take that back." Like, like I, again, I think I said this before. I don't know if Dwayne Wade ever saw it. But Dwayne Wade, the the Miami Heat superstar, was following me on Twitter, and I, and I swear to God, I hope he didn't see it because I know, and I don't think he did because if he did, he either told me go fuck myself or he would have blocked me. Um, but he played a bad fucking game, and he had been on a string of bad games, and I was watching the Heat, and I tweeted out, you know, Dwayne shouldn't even shower after the game because he's already washed up. And I said it because I knew it was so good that I couldn't help it. But then I went, this dude follows you, man. Even if he knows you're a comedian and that's why he follows you, that is a go fuck yourself moment. Suck my dick. But oh, you asshole. But that's the thing of the comic is to, <clears throat> when you find the funny, even if it's no matter who it is, that you say the joke. Because the yeah, joke is funny. I know, but, but let me ask. Well, well, I know you from knowing you. Um so I don't really have to ask you, but I don't know that I would you have said that the the, the life term. I, there's no way you would have. No, I would pull back. I, 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 I don't, pull I don't back. think I would have either. I would pull back. I know I would have pulled back, and that's the thing that I'm trying to get over with is to stop pulling back. The only time I wouldn't pull back is if I really felt like a hundred percent in my gut by saying it, I was going to get the reaction that that it should get, and and most times when you say shit. 
where you go, all right, I'm gonna say this because I think the crowd is gonna go nuts. They will go nuts if the person you're getting ready, you're talking about deserves it. They're being a dick. They're drunk. They won't shut the fuck up. They try to say something to get you. Because then the crowd wants to see you win. Yeah, get that motherfucker. Yeah. But there have been times, because there have been times when I'm dealing with certain girls in the crowd, and that thing I say where I go, I bet you your pussy tastes like cold french fries. That is a boom. But I, I've, I go, don't say it just because you know it's strong. Because if she don't deserve it, you're doing it for effect. Right. And the crowd ain't going to be with you. And I've tried doing it. Like, I forced it. And the crowd will go, oh. Right. Versus, oh, because she deserved it. Right. So when a bit when a broad is being cunty, I go, okay, bitch, I've been waiting to throw this grenade. But that's, that's the same idea of punching, not never punching down, punching up. And the reason the Dwayne Wade joke is funny is because Dwayne Wade, at the time when you tweeted, still a great player, a great athlete. <sighs> But that's a- yeah, but it's but but it's not like you're 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 saying it to a guy that is walking around with two braces on his leg. He's just trying to get through the season, and right. everybody knows he's done. That would be fucking you you know right. like a great player that is in, that is in the fucking very twilight of his career, and right. you throw that at him. Now he has no place to go. Dwayne is like, well, fuck you. You can say when you still have skills, right? You could you could come back with fuck you. Yes, but we're talking about not. 2006 when he won the title skills I know. unstoppable D-Wade he still can put up 30 right. here and there right. but he's on his way out yeah but when you said it he wasn't it was, it was right. a little that was still not today right so I mean yeah but th- there's a difference if, if you if you if you like you said if the chick's coming at you and she's and she's trying she's she's getting more annoying and more annoying and more annoying you throw that at her because she right. deserves it. You're not punching. You're just you're getting rid of it. You're not. Right. But if she was just someone who said, oh, I love you. And then you just. Yeah. yeah but because but didn't there be no reason for it. Right. Right. Even though she's interrupting you, you don't right. need it. And then you throw that at her. That's the difference. And it's all about like comedians have. You have to have some timing and you have to know what your audience is. And you don't need to know when to drop those things. Like when you go, um, you're trying to get over being getting getting out of your way and, and, and saying shit like that. Just so you guys know, uh, as we were coming from the airport, driving to our hotel in Memphis, and for those of you who listen to this podcast and send me the emails, send me an email based on what I'm about to say, because I would like to know your opinion so Andy can know your opinion to see if I'm right. Andy, you were concerned about maybe your first joke being, how do you address the way the black people receive you? the moment you come on stage. Right. Because there's a white dude in a 98% black room. 99. 90, <laughs> 99. Um, and if there's a mixed nigga in there, it's 99 and a half. Yeah. And they're looking at you with that look. You, It's almost like addressing the elephant in the room. Right. And you want to go, hey guys, I know that you guys are looking at me, blah, 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 fill in the blank. And you came up with, you want to say it? Yeah, I don't care because I'm probably not going to use it anymore. I said you, you guys are looking at me like, a, like an all women's gym class, and I just told you R. Kelly's the coach, and the audience went, "Oh!" Especially coming off the heat of the R. Kelly thing, this yeah. R. Kelly thing, uh, which it's, reminds me to go back to one more comment that I got uh, in regards to the, the the sensitive shit. Right, so it worked, but then I said to you on the drive from the airport to the hotel. Yo, you should come out and say, uh, y'all looking at me like I just snuck into the slave quarters. And you went, nah, I'm not saying that. And I thought that was better. So email me and tell me which is better, the R. Kelly 
or the slave quarters thing. See, it, it, if I was going to do that, though, I would have to at least throw it in. You're looking at me like it's 1850. Right. Because the way you're saying it. Uh, it, it you're looking at me like it's 1850 50, and I just snuck into the slave, slave quarters. quarters. Because the way you're saying it, I'm looking at these people like. Are slaves. They're slaves. Or they're looking at you like, what's this nigga doing here? Yeah, but. See, I think this is where you're overthinking it. Yeah, but I overthink. That's what I do. Right. Let me real quick go back because it was just now that we mentioned R. Kelly. This is one other comment. Some dude goes, uh, me talking about Grant. Grant's shit to me about how I talking about jacking off in front of his girl and the bitch having panic attacks. This black dude goes, dude, how insensitive are you to say some shit like that? as R. Kelly is going through what he's going through. Listen, you dumb cocksucker. What the fuck does that have to do with R. Kelly? One is a goddamn comedic joke, and the other one is a situation that's going on in real life to minors. How the fuck do you make that correlation, you dumb fuck? Oh, my God, dude. And the thing, when you say comedic joke, you people have to understand, and I'm sure that the people who listen to this podcast already understand this. These jokes is not like, that's the joke. I'm going to jack off in front of you. It's it's set up in a way. It, right. there's, there's no... There, there, there's no... Uh, uh, and, and it's completely... The way he writes it, he's completely taking it out of context. context. There's, it's, 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 it's the whole part about me saying, you have any tires? I'm asking for something ridiculous. I got another dude coming out the bushes. It's, when, yeah, it's presented completely ridiculous. When you add all those elements into the stew, now the, now the fucking gumbo is ready. You, 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 you handed somebody a bowl with one a dually sausage and a fucking crab leg and a pe- pinch of rice and going, here's the gumbo. That ain't gumbo, nigga. Put the rest of the ingredients in that motherfucker. And, 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 that's, and that's why you see people get triggered because you see a guy like this post something out of context. And, and I know there's some people out there still saying, anytime you joke about this, it's wrong. It's, that's not where even the joke is. You have to hear it. And that's the, what the comedian does. And this is where people are off on some other, other, right. other, uh, other roadway. Right. Um, back to Jim Jeffries. So, so uh, and, and sometimes when I think I'm, I'm being bold enough to think, man, I'm doing some heavy shit. You see a comic like Jim Jeffries or Corey Holcomb say some shit about women and, it, and, and go there and it just lets you know you can dig deeper, but the digger you the, the deeper you dig, you better be able to get your way out that motherfucker. The funnier it has to be. The funnier it has to be. He he also told another joke, and and again, this is where if you've never done comedy, this really ain't as heavy to you. Where he talks about having to perform for Mariah Carey, and and it is one of the most awkward. Like every comedian, and you and I have done this, maybe not to that level, going to some person's house, but. Being in a place like Naples, Florida or somewhere where the vibe in the room is like, what the fuck am I doing here? Long story short, Mariah Carey hires him to perform for Richard Branson, her then husband, who's like a gazillion billionaire. Um, It was Branson? Yeah. Wow. And and, uh, so he goes to do it. At first, it was funny too, because at first he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But the more and more they paid him, he eventually got paid enough to where he would do it. But he talks about having to take his shoes off, perform on the line, get his socks dirty. Uh, Eddie Murphy's there, Warren Beatty, Al Pacino, 
Richard Branson don't know who the fuck he is, but then later realizes who he is. And and Richard Branson and Mariah were getting a divorce and he could tell there was tension. And it was just the most awkward and difficult and uncomfortable situation that we have all had to face. But that story alone is worth the view. I think the special is called This Is Me Now. Yeah, I think that is something like that. So go check that out. That story he fucking tells. And, you know, it's funny because, again, the power of money. Richard Branson looks like laundry that went through the wash and dryer cycle. And it's just a wrinkled up mess. But this motherfucker's so goddamn filthy rich. I remember they did an MTV Cribs on him. You know what his, you know where his crib was? In, in his island. On an island. Right. Did you see where his toilet was? Yes. And, 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 and at that time, Mariah Carey just started fucking with him. And she's laying in a hammock. So I wish y'all could see. Go, go uh, YouTube MTV Cribs Richard Branson. Nigga, this is what I'm talking about when I say the power of money. First of all, if you got a crib that's ridiculous, the average bitch will give you the pussy. This is another level. Babe, let's go to my crib. Okay, sure. Why are we getting on a boat? I got an island. Oh, you take get to the island. The crib is a crib, but there's no roof. Everything is open air. It's the it's the island. It's an island, but not like Survivor where you hunting. There's a stove, and but it's an island. And when you go to take a shit, you sit on the bowl, and you're looking at the sea with all of this greenery. You're overlooking the whole place. I am not a gay man. Nigga, what's up? <laughs> I would just... I, I, it just... There's no way you could tell... And again, men, we, we all like nice shit, men and women. But it is in a woman's DNA to be... Mm, mm. Dude, this... And here's the thing. You wouldn't know Richard Branson if he walked down the street and you bumped into he's him. He's pretty cool though, dude. He's cool, but you don't he's not recognizable. No. You would you I would I know don't who think he was. most people wouldn't recognize what's the Microsoft nigga? Bill Gates. Gates. No, you wouldn't recognize You wouldn't Gates. recognize him walking down. But you would rec- you wouldn't recognize Jobs if you're walking down the street right now. Steve Jobs? Yeah. Because he'd be looking for one? Yeah, he's like a skeleton. Oh. <laughs> um But I'm sitting there going, yo. Mariah was only with him for the money. And the crazy thing. Or power. Maybe that too. But she's a millionaire. But, and I wrote this down because I didn't want to fuck this up. Uh, billionaire money trumps million dollar pussy. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mariah Carey is a millionaire. A, a, a multi-millionaire. She ain't giving her pussy to me and you. She not giving her pussy to the average motherfucker, to the nigga that might be the manager at Ruth Chris. But Richard's wrinkled ass, unattractive ass, can get that because billionaire money trumps million dollar pussy. Because he takes shits on the top of a mountain. And on an island. Yeah. There's no way. And when you look at Mariah Carey, I'm not saying she's a hood rat because I don't think she comes from that. But she's still a... A swaggish, streetish bitch. She ain't taking a step down. She ain't taking a step down. And I'm sitting there like, as far as cool goes, 
she would rather be with a nigga with some cool, some swagger. Branson ain't got no swagger. That nigga had power and money. And that bitch married him for those reasons. I don't know, dude. He's pretty cool. He's a, he's a British dude, but he is that cool British shit. <sighs> Come on, man. Look at that motherfucker. Google that motherfucker. You can Google him all you want. He looks like Chris Hemsworth at a thousand years dude, old. You know, you know why his company was called Virgin? Why? Because he just looked at shit he wanted to do that he never had anything to do with, and he just did it. I mean, he was bad dude. <sighs> he started. He started the Virgin Airlines. I know what he started. He had his his Virgin Cola company. Uh, listen, uh, listen. He took on Coca Cola. Uh, did he win? No. No. Yeah. See, that's some other shit. Let Mariah meet that nigga. <laughs> but this was a power money move yeah um and then he, he goes i don't want to give it away because he's, he's got some great stories it's especially great. with pacino and warren Beatty and all that but yo go check go check that out man this is me now jim jeffries it's fucking hilarious i did do a house party though once i twice i gotta right. tell you this real quick i so i go into this house uh-huh. and uh it was uh it was, it was something that he did for his wife. This dude did it for his wife. And they were younger people. They were like in their 30s, you know, and uh, they really enjoyed the show. I put, I had I had two other comedians come with me, and we killed it, man. We killed the – everybody was sitting outside on like pillows around the pool, and we just did right. this this house party. And it cry, and the dude goes, man, you guys are so good. I need your number because my mom wants to have a party, mm-hmm. and you guys – I'm going to recommend you guys. I'm going to recommend you guys. Right. So I take the gig. And we go out there, and we go to do the party, and it starts off, and it was bad. Like, the first dude didn't do well. The second right. dude didn't do well. And then I didn't do well. Right. And then afterwards, he goes, I find out, it's all a bunch of cops. And we were doing jokes that were just our regular weed joke, whatever jokes we were doing. Right. And it didn't go over. And it's just so funny. Like you just said, it's it's on how people receive what you put out there. And how one room loved us and the other did it. But I'm going to say it is not conducive to do jokes at people's homes. That's that's it. Yeah, man. I, that's why, you know, again, I, I, I may I, you know, I hear about comics who do corporate gigs, military gigs, college gigs. I don't like no other gig but comedy clubs and theaters because I've done those other shits. We all discussed it, uh, discussed it. Colleges to PC and young kids don't know shit. Scratch it off the list. Corporate gigs, you can't be you. You got to be well. If you're doing it for like uh, you did the, you did the AVN Awards. That's corporate. It's still corporate. Uh, nah, it's a show. It's a it's show. A okay. show. But then there's also and uh, there's semen in them seats. Yeah. But, so that's you know. But if you did it, for, and I still couldn't be as raw as I wanted. That's to. That's true too. So that 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 adheres to my point. Corporate. Yeah. And fucking, I did a military gig once, and it's like I'll never do it again because it was out in the day too, right? No, it one, one. No, they were both at night. But military dudes are like fucking jocks, and the thing that gets them off is you talking about. Yeah, talk about my third officer, platoon, battalion, 34, platoon, battalion. Like, they want you to make fun of the, their ranks and people in their clan. And it's almost like they don't want to hear your material. They just want you to go, yeah, bunch of cigar smoking, you know, macho. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. And man. they got rules there, too, though. Yeah, they got rules there, too. Some people gotten banned from doing uh Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, fuck was my train of thought? What fuck was talking about? I know comedy's hard. Yeah, comedy hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it put me in a, a, a flashback. I had a traumatizing moment. Um, so yeah, I don't like doing gigs, I, and I don't like doing gigs outside on, on, a, on a wireless mic. 
even if it's wired, I've done festivals. I, I just, some about people sitting down Indian style on the grass with their shoes off. It's too lazy to me. <laughs> you know, I wish they could bring back smoking in clubs, cigarette smoke. You know, I just, again, I think I came from that 70, not, not 70, but 80s, which was coming off the 70, that era where shit was just, Times Square was still where you go to get your dick sucked. Now you go there to buy, you know, a fucking Little Mermaid's dress. Yeah. So, you know, I, I yeah, uncomfortable gigs. And, and the funny thing is how he explained it. They offered him 30 grand or whatever it was, 30 grand. For 20 minutes. For 15, 15 minutes. minutes. And he kept saying, no, nah, yeah. no, make money, make more decisions. They called him back. All right, 40 grand for 15 minutes. I'm an artist. I'm, I don't do that. And then finally the final money was, and he was goes, you see where I'm going with this. And then he ended up doing it. So with money, you never know. But goddamn, I, I hope I don't have to make those decisions. You know what? Uh, the uh, the uh, if you and if they see this joke with the uh, the underside, the, uh, the the other the, the coinciding story is the levels of fame, right? right. Uh, and, and there's levels of fame. Just because I, I mean, when you're not famous, you think everybody who's famous is famous, right? But it's not no. true. I mean, he said Eddie Murphy was there. I left out a name: Warren Beatty, Eddie Murphy, Al Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, could you just imagine that? Like, dude, when, when, when Norm was managing me and Denzel would come by, the, I, I, and what's so crazy is at first you go, holy shit, Denzel. But the more it happens and the more you sit down having casual convo like me and you, you still go, oh, this nigga, all right, is fucking regular nigga. But then you go, nigga, Denzel. It, it just... I, I, it's some mind blowing shit, man. It's some mind blowing shit, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So go get go go watch that. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, what else you got? Uh, I think we're almost about done. I'm trying to make sure we covered everything before we tiptoe out of here. And I just wanted to ask you real quick because I know I asked you this yesterday after we had the barbecue and we were walking back to the hotel. I want to go back to the whole "this is my city" thing. Is that a black thing? Do white guys do that? No, I don't. This is my city. That seems like some nigga shit. I don't think white guys hold on to the city the same way or their, their spot like that. I mean, very few white dudes you see with their area code tattooed on their on their body. Right. White guys just go, this is my estate. <laughs> That's my horse property? This is my island. <laughs> That's when you brag, nigga. When you live in a house that has a house in it. Uh, I... I, you know, like you tell me not to pull back, so I'm I'm not going to pull back. Oh shit! I don't know that it's I, I'm not going to put it on a white or black thing. I want to put it on a it, it, it's it's. Please, people. before you finish that statement, these are the same niggas who say this is my city. They get on a plane with Louis Vuitton luggage and go sit and coach. See, I don't even think that. I th- and I mentioned this before yeah. on the podcast. I know. So let me say it again. Uh, if your luggage don't match your seat, it don't count. Black people, get your priorities together. You spending money on luggage that costs more than your ability to fly in the right place on the plane. Get your first class seat first, then get the luggage to match. See, I disagree with you. I think that you can that luggage stays with you forever, but that seat's gone as soon as you fly. I will sit in coach. You will sit in coach. I will sit in coach for probably the rest of my life unless I get bumped up. Nigga, aim high. I just can't spend that money like that. 
That's, anyway, what was your this, statement you were going? Well, I, I think, though, that what I was going to say is I, I think the less access you have to dollars, mm-hmm. uh, or, or I, I think that's the people who hold on to their city the same way. Right. And I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm just saying that's the people who live in their city. They, they vacation in their city. They stay in their city. They grow mm-hmm. up in their city. Their father grew up in the city. The grandfather, the grandpappy, everybody was from that city. Right. So I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a white or black thing. I just think it's, it's the people that have lived there forever. And usually it's, it's the people that don't have a lot of money because that's why they're there. They didn't go out and they didn't see a lot of things. Right. That's who I think does this. But on the other hand, um, people are very... Uh, uh, what's the word that I was looking for right now? Uh, I, I always like to say uh, uh, tri- it's a, it's very tribal, like where you pick your team and, right. and your team, like you'll you will fight someone at a football game when your team loses because the other team made a, a, a crap yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and you're not getting a check from that team. Yeah, we discussed this. I think though, again, I don't want to. This is all part of the same thing, though. Yeah, yeah no, I know what you're saying. I, um, I feel sorry for those people, man. I really do. Um. But yeah, uh, your city, I get it. You know, I'm a diehard New Yorker, and I and I love New York, and I'll claim it to a degree. But come on, man, fuck out of here. Mm. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. I ain't claiming it. Right, Mount Lemon for all the people from Tucson. Mount right. Lemon, Mount Lemon, Tucson Toros, <laughs> go Toros. Uh, I want to read this lady's uh, email before we get out of here. I was shaking my fist in the air when I was yelling that too. Uh, La Tressa J had a convo with a lady. She said she told her husband she's divorcing him. She said for years her husband wouldn't work consistently and he cheated regularly. His failing health is the only reason he stopped. She has she now has two boyfriends, both of whom are married. I said to her, really? She replied, really? I was a wife, too. She wants to know my thoughts. This gets under my skin. She stayed with him now. She's acting up. This is a post on a friend's timeline. We women get so dang on lost and accepting and taking care of the world that we stop taking care of ourselves and things that keep us connected. One, it's nasty and dangerous. But most importantly, she doesn't want out. My response to her is in the next email. And that would be... Oh, he cheated with a girlfriend. The wife could have put her foot down and become became the girlfriend. Now he needs to go to the toolbox and pull out some stuff to tighten up some things and grease other stuff to become her new boyfriend. Married life is work, boring, and can be mon- uh, monotonous. Monotone? Monotonous. Sometimes. You ever That's, heard that? No, that sounds like, like you, you, I'm not going to use your joke on you. Sounds like a pussy disease. Uh, got some monotonous. Man, you got that monotonous, <laughs> nigga. Made it new again and rediscover the boyfriend and girlfriend in each other. Cute undies, late nights, and laughter puts God back in it. Bitch, why you put the Lord in your panties? Fuck, you leave God out of it. Um. So is she talking about marriage or just cheating? That that's why he's that's yeah, know. but it, but it, it's it's convoluted because it's two stories. One is the story of the person that she's commenting on, right? I think uh, I think she has to mind her own business. But this is her friend, isn't it? It's her friend, but I mean, it's her friend. Her friend obviously isn't asking her for her opinion, right? And people are going to do what. I uh, people are going to. Why, why are you trying to change someone? We all need to work on ourselves. I'm working on me right now. Right. Uh, I I do think though that if you 
if, if the dude's cheating on if, if going back to her the, the first part of the question if the dude was cheating on her she should have left him then she isn't she isn't getting back at him by cheating on him now that he's sick she should have left him when right. and, and got out of it i do think that if you're if, if you enter into him there's no reason now that to do this to this dude who's ill and and I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I just I think that's a fucked up story, and she wants to bring us into this fucked up story, and she shouldn't even be in that fucked up story. So I'm going to leave it at that. Just mind your business. Mind your business. She's going to do what she's going to do. You're not going to change that, whether it's right. right or wrong. And is it dangerous? I mean, everybody's fucking anyway, so it's dangerous anyway. We're yeah. not, um, are you worried that she's going to bring him something home? Well, he wasn't worried when she was going to br- when he was going to bring her something home. Right. Um, I, I just think you got to stay out of that one. Mm. Uh, I agree. Uh, I don't even know if that was worth reading. Uh, I just felt like doing some more time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was worth it. She, uh, you know, we we got to get these. We got to get these letters in. We, I, I want to do. I think. I think we should do. Um, we should get more of these. I mean, people. I are love. I love them. I love to hear other people's. Oh wait, shit! There is one I definitely wanted to read. Fuck! 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 All right, we giving y'all a little bit more time. Shit! 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 Let me find this one. Uh, was this the one from Christopher Nolan? Hold on, let me see some. Uh, oh, this is a different one too. But this guy's actually uh, this guy wrote. Well, I just got to read this one. Uh, Christopher Nolan, what up, Aries? Huge fan, man. Loyal listener to the podcast, and I'm from one of your favorite cities, Memphis. Laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Pretty much everything you said about us is true. I hate us, too, sometimes. Laugh out loud, but just like anywhere, we get some uh, good spots, too. Anyway, like, I'm such a huge fan, and I have... And have been ever since I saw you on one of the Shaq's comedy specials. You killed it, man. The swag, the bravado, the British bit. Loved it, man. Then I heard where you were starting a podcast. I was all in. Been listening since the beginning. I'll be at the show tomorrow. Went to the two. You were here last year. Hope everything turns out well with your situation. I'm pulling for you on that, man. I know it's bullshit. I'm, a, I'm on Patreon, too. I'll be looking for the content. Keep it coming and continue doing your thing. Hashtag how much that CD was. That's so funny. Yeah. Chris, thank you, brother. Uh, now, let me just... Fuck but, you, but you see how nice it is when people don't take personally what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He obviously knows this ain't his city. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me get to this one, dude, because this is this is a little wild. Uh, Josh... Jo- how you say this? J-O-S-U-E. Oh, shit. We got to get going, though. I too. know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Josie Gordia. Crazy story. Hey, guys, I heard Aries talking about sending in an email about your crazy stories and whatnot, so I thought I would tell my crazy-ass story. Back when I was 17 years old, I was taking this chick out for about two to three months, and we were planning on getting it in, but never had anywhere to go since we didn't have our own place at the time. One night, her sister asked her to watch her house, and she asked if I could come hang out, which they surprisingly said yes to, since I'm pretty sure they had a good idea what I was about to do. Fuck her little sister. So I go over and I introduce myself to the sister and her husband and they seem cool. So they head out and me and my homegirls waste no time. We get to kissing and shit. Then it comes time to take the clothes off, which we do right away. I pull out the rubber and I slip it on and I slide it in. But then when I slide it in, I hear a fucking pop. So I immediately realize this bitch is a virgin, which didn't she didn't mention before. I get up and the girl starts bleeding profusely. All over the couch, all over her sister's living room. It looked like a crime scene at OJ's house. So I tell her to get up and go to the bathroom so she doesn't make any more of a mess. She finally does. I turn the water 
on for her and she starts losing consciousness. She then falls and hits her head on the back of the tub. I start freaking out, but I start giving the girl CPR. About five rounds of CPR and she finally gasps for air. I leave her in there for a few more minutes to make sure she's okay. Then I grab my shit and leave. Never talk to that girl again. But on that day, I almost killed the bitch from sticking it in. I almost killed her and saved her in the same day. Love you guys on the podcast. Take care. Sway. <laughs> wow. First of all, I just want to make clear something up. There was never a crime scene at OJ's house. That's how OJ got off. There was a crime scene. Not at his house. It was at her house. Ah. I just want I want to clear that got up. You. I want to just right. clear that yeah, up. Yep, okay. yep, yep. All right. Uh, I, Dog, you stabbed him with the pussy. <laughs> like OJ. But go ahead. <laughs> I love the story. What am I going to say? It's fucking sick. But he ruined that girl because that girl does not probably enjoy sex whatsoever. How could you enjoy sex after well, that? Well, another, another nigga got to live up to that. <laughs> you you, you don't make this pussy bleed. Make me bang my head on the tub, nigga. You weak. You got to bring me back to life. You got to bring me back to life. You got to bleed me. <laughs> And bring me back to life. And if a bitch don't hit her head on the porcelain, it don't count. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a quick story. Scared the shit out of me, man. And I don't know what color this girl was, but it scared the shit out of me. I remember I was in San Jose, and I met a girl after the show at the improv. We go back to her crib. We fuck. Uh, and, and somewhere in the middle of it, she starts having convulsions. Like seizure type shit. Now, of course, me being a man, my ego went, oh, look, I stepped back to enjoy my work. I was like, God, they've been shaking. But then she kept going in and out of consciousness. And when she was unconscious, I kept trying to revive her and she wouldn't come through. But every now and then her body would jerk like she had an electric shock. And we probably started, by the time we got to her crib and started, it was like four in the morning. I stayed till the sun came up. Uh, but once the sun came up, again, a couple more times I tried to, and she wouldn't, wasn't responding. Dog, I took my clothes, I got dressed, and I left. And it scared the shit out of me because I'm like, yo, this is a white girl, nigga. And you, you got this bitch. Bitch might be dead, nigga. You just fucked her. Holy shit. If it had been a black girl, I'd have been scared. But this is a white girl, nigga. Fuck what y'all think. That, that's, you know. Um, and I wanted to leave at night, but now picture that. Nigga running through the shadows at night with some white pussy doing the Harlem Shake back in the room. Uh, you know, so I feel you, dude. Uh, that's crazy. You didn't, call, you, didn't, you didn't call an ambulance or anything? No, nigga. You could have called an ambulance and left. Right, and then the ambulance calls the police. Yeah, but you don't know what happened to this girl. I don't. She could still be in the room shaking right now. Wouldn't that be some shit? That's the podcast. Uh... Patreon, subscribe to me. I'm getting more. Thank y'all. Um, YouTube, hit subscribe. Uh, I'm on Cameo now. I keep saying it. I keep. I got four new hits. If you want a personalized shout out, uh, go to Cameo. Look for your boy. I give you a personalized shout out either with my own voice or whatever voice you want. Um, uh, fuck, am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. I'm Andy Facebook too. Oh yeah. I'm Andy Steinberg. Uh, AndyComedy.com. All my social media is at the upper right hand uh, corner of the page. Listen, hit me up on Instagram. That's the one I like. And for any black dudes out there who send white girls into convulsions, listen, I, I don't want you to get in trouble. So here's what I want you to do. If if it happens to you, uh, hit me up on Instagram. Give me the location you're at. I'll call the I'll call the ambulance. 
and you can leave, and that way you, the girl will get taken care of. Right, and the people driving the ambulance will be me and Andy. <laughs> we'll come over and make sure the bitches out. I, I will. No, I ain't going over there. God, no. Why you ruined the moment? No, because that made me. That grossed me out. Why, nigga? I don't want to go. Fiction. Uh, yeah, but it still grossed me out. I thought about oh, this nigga having a morality stand on a fictionist tale. I just looked at. I, I looked at it. And it was. It, it just didn't look good to me. I just heard the ambulance coming. Woo, 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 <laughs> and me and you in the front seats. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Uh, please send these emails. I can't tell you how much I love them. I like reading them. It makes us starting to feel like a full-fledged business. Ask a white dude a question. Yeah, and, and also, again, uh, the Jew and the jerk. How do you feel about it? I think we're done. Yeah, we got to go. We got to go get on stage. Okay. I, got, I got some booing to get to. <laughs> Pussy ass, nigga.